Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. For just the second time this year, the Miami Dolphins are celebrating victory Monday after a nine turnover mess ends as a net positive for the team with starting quarterback Tua Tungavaloa fist pumping on the sidelines with a finger injury. Welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show. I'm Jake Bundle. That must mean the day after soaking in an entire victory Monday, he is here to give us all the knowledge we need about that wonderful wonderful Houston Texas Miami Dolphins game Joshua Hobbs Josh how you doing today my friend Jake I'm doing pretty good uh better now that my internet's working but it's a victory Tuesday man I mean we finally got another victory yes it was the toilet bowl but losing that game would have been that would have been rock bottom of all rock bottoms I've had a couple different people apologize to me for watching that game and and I've accepted every single apology because that's how hard it was watching this game at times these were two teams that certainly certainly are on the same playing field. And that in itself is just a major concern. And Josh, we got to start with it. We'll jump right in talking about, um, what was it? 1030 in the morning, 11 o'clock Sunday morning. Uh, our worst fears came to, came to the surface. Tua was ruled out with that finger injury, uh, fractured finger on his throwing hand. Josh, we mentioned it on either our Thursday, Friday show. I don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, but we said, hey, is this a concern that the Miami Dolphins are maybe downplaying a little bit? And I guess it showed up. Hey, maybe they were. Surprise, surprise. You know, Brian Flores does it again. And that's why we weren't, you know, I guess part of us kind of thought, OK, well, maybe this is a little bit more severe. Maybe we should wait till we get closer to kickoff before, you know, we assume two is in there. I mean, I kept refreshing Twitter. I was waiting and waiting and I was like, no, nah, man, he practiced all week. There's no way it's going yep. to be this huge thing that keeps him out. And lo and behold, man, I mean, you even mentioned it in the DMs. You know, you called this. You said, it. you know, what if this is like the ribs that, you know, didn't even seem like anything. And then he was out three weeks. It seems like that's the case. There is some good news. I guess Brian Flores met with the media right before we came on here. And uh, this came from Winkfield, the official Miami Dolphins beat writer. said, Flores says Tua has made some progress, still relatively limited. He says they'll probably take it right up until the game to make a decision on his status. Then went on to add that if the game was tonight, Jacoby Brissett would be starter and Tua would once again be in that backup role. And I think, Jake, that's the biggest thing that, you know, made us kind of sit back and say, you know, is this – 
is this something else here? Because, you know, we heard Tua Tavolo was warming up. He, you know, he practiced all week. I think, you know, some fans were even taking pictures of him taking first team reps. I mean, this to me just seemed like maybe it was a little bit more than, you know, this finger injury. But Jake, tell me what your thoughts were, because I mean, this was the first blow of what we thought might have been a very long day once we found out Tua wasn't going to go against the Texans. Definitely uh, caught you off guard. And Josh, I think it's kind of weird that we have situations like this when we're talking about Miami Dolphins personnel and the way the Dolphins are kind of keeping everything under under their hat. And that's not necessarily a knock on like the beat writers. But when you look at the whole Deshaun Watson uh, situation and how information was coming all out of that, I mean, if the Dolphins didn't want things to be leaked, how are things being leaked from the Dolphins when, you know, nobody's even reporting except for the morning before, even the national guys that, you know, the starting quarterback isn't going to play. I guess it kind of means a little less when your team's one and seven, maybe the uh, the big dogs, they aren't snooping their nose around a team like the Miami Dolphins, which would make sense. But uh, I thought it was a little interesting, the fact that uh, Brian Flores did it again in terms of, hey, you're, we're going to game plan. You're going to think we're starting to all week just for Brissett to come in. Josh, I am no doctor. I am no nothing close to a doctor, but I mean, I thought he looked okay throwing on the sideline there. They showed clips of him. I mean, it looked like he was holding the ball normally. It didn't look like he was wincing at all or anything like that. But what I really want, Josh, is I want your Charlie talking about the male theories about what on earth a Landon Roberts said to Tua after the game. I know, I know we have a whole game we haven't even gotten into yet, but you know, this intrigue, this drama is what we're getting out of the season. Unless Josh, stop me if you'd rather talk about Miles Gaston averaging less than two yards of carry. I'm okay not talking about <laughs> Miles Gaskin. He had what, like 20 carries for 30 yards or something atrocious like that. Uh, but Jake, you're talking about the video. I guess it was at the end of the game. Landon Roberts was seen whispering sweet nothings into Tua's ears. And, you know, it took the internet by storm. I was going to joke, you know, maybe said Hail Hydra. Or, you know, he just said, you know, I just saved a bunch of money on my car insurance. But but honestly, Jake, I mean, the quote that I think is surfacing or what, you know, some people took from it was, no matter what they say, it's coaching. It's not on you. It's coaching. So, so Jake, I don't know what was said. And honestly, I really don't care. I mean, he was clearly whispering sweet nothings into Tua's ear. It was clear as night as day that, you know, this offensive coaching staff is cheeks. I mean, they're literally a warm shark on the visitor's sideline during a preseason football game, Jake, I have that written down. That's how bad this offensive coaching staff is. I don't know, man. Do you think Tua was benched? I mean, that's another theory that's going around the internet. Do you believe that Tua was benched here? You know, maybe the finger isn't as bad as it seems. I mean, I don't know, Jake. I just keep going back to Tua wanting to come back in that game against Buffalo, you know, and then next thing you know, he's on IR for three weeks. So I don't know what to take of this. Um, You can point the finger at whoever you want, but um, it's definitely a problem. When you look at Jacoby Brissett averaging 5.7 yards per attempt. I think he was actually one of Miami's highest rated guys, according to pro football focus. And he's actually has been on the year. Uh, but I don't know how you could see how Brissett played out there on Sunday and think that it had any sort of benching to go on. Uh, I think the, these games are about two of being that guy. If he fails, he fails. I mean, this is a one in seven team and I'm going to give Brian Flores the benefit of the doubt, at least in this situation, Josh, that they're, not in some sort of big scheme that, you know, we need to bench our quarterback or anything like that. A very, very strange situation, Josh. Um, I do wonder if we're going to get a repeat. We know, you know, time's a flat circle. All this stuff loves to come back around. Uh, remember when Rashad Jones took himself out of a game because the defensive play calling was just so awful. Is there a chance Mike Kosicki does that on the offensive side of the football? Would that not be a pretty solid parallel for where the Dolphins are right now? I mean, that would be perfect, Jake. I mean, that would be the complete full circle. And, you know, some people even joke, you know, maybe that's why Tua's finger was hurting so bad because he was just constantly giving the Dolphins <laughs> yeah. offensive coaching staff the middle finger.
So, Josh, let's just get into it. Let's talk about Brissett's numbers. Let's run through this really quick. Uh, Brissett completed 26 of 43 attempts for 244 yards, one touchdown to Mac Hollins, two interceptions. And, Josh, when I was watching this game, you know, you see Jalen Waddle catching eight of 10 targets. Mike is sticky, gets eight targets. But, man, this receiving core is absolutely decimated from what we thought it could be at the beginning of the year. Albert Wilson is out on the field. He's doing absolutely nothing. I mean, you miss the days of – you know, debating if Alan Hearns or Preston Williams is going to be that guy who sees six snaps a game because this unit was so deep. Yeah, we do miss yeah. those days of all. Yeah, and, and I'm just thinking back to how we came to this point. You know, remember back in yep. you know camp, Albert Wilson was this guy. You know, he's going to be taking the top off of every defense. And now you're just looking at this offense and these receive this receiving core. And you're thinking, how did it possibly get worse from the year before? I mean, Matt Collins called a touchdown pass. You know, he continues to go out there and make plays. But Jake, they just need someone to step up. And I guess you know when you have Jacoby Brissett, when you have an offensive line that can't block. I mean. They really don't have time to, to do these things. And I guess that's what was so baffling to me. You mentioned Jacoby Brissett's poor play. Part of the reason they said they sat to was because they were worried that he wasn't going to be able to hit that deep ball. Dude, you have not given him a chance to hit the deep ball all season <laughs> long. Why were you, was that even a concern of yours? Um, I guess the biggest thing that stood out this weekend was, you know, we're starting to see Mike Kosicki is just, again, going to that entirely different level as far as a tight end, as far as that playmaker on this offense. And it just raises the concern that, you know, uh, for as dominant of a playmaker he is, I guess he's third in the NFL right now in reception with 44, uh, fourth in yards with 529 and targets with 63. Um, Mike Kosicki's a baller, man. And I mean, the thing that really baffles me is that the Dolphins, like we mentioned on the last podcast, have not even reached out, you know, to get this guy a new deal. I mean, he doesn't even need two hands to play football. I mean, Jake, some of those catches he made were freaking awesome as hell. And it brought you back to those Jarvis Landry, you know, those Landry gang gang days and, and just some of those awesome plays. And you just right now with how bad this team is two and seven to see a guy like Mike Kosicki go out there and do everything he can. And, you know, he puts it all out in the field. I mean, that's the guy you want in a Miami Dolphins uniform for as long as he can play. Yeah. And the thing you see with Kasiki is you can tell when someone's one of the best players on the football field. And he's certainly that. I mean, he caught just four of eight targets. Uh, you just mentioned it. He needed one hand to catch two of those. He was really a, a spark when the Dolphins needed him there in that first half. But man, Josh, where the real struggles of this offense comes from. And I even think this is more of an issue than the offensive line, because I'm starting to believe there is no way it's mathematically, statistically probability possible that the Dolphins have had an offensive line this horrendous in so long. And I just think the way they call plays, I think the way they execute, plays is just such a struggle you have miles gaskin averaging 3.8 yards per reception against the team like the houston texans josh those numbers aren't much worse than his career uh excuse me his season stats he's averaging 5.1 yards on 37 receptions this year uh that is the third worst yards per reception mark in the league behind mike davis and i think uh, uh the the rookie on the jets there i can't think of his name all of a sudden michael carter Michael Carter. Yep. So he's, he's third to the lowest on that. However, Josh, Miles Gaskin has the fourth most targets in terms of running backs. You add that those two things on top of the fact he is averaging less than two yards per carry against the bad defense, man, we need to do, or this team needs to do different things to get other guys involved because this volume for Miles Gaskin is not a good way to move the football. And we're seeing this for the third straight year, Josh, as we remember, Ryan Fitzpatrick did in fact lead the team in rushing in 2019. Of course he did. And I think it was during the game 
Barry Jackson, I don't know if you saw, but he tweeted out he was throwing some shade. You know, the Dolphins can't wait to do their due diligence on another seventh round running back and, yeah. and all these different things. Yeah. But um, I, I guess that was, you know, the most alarming thing is the fact that we came into this game talking about how bad Houston's run defense was. I think they were worse in the, the in the league. I mean, we thought Miles Gaskin was going to go out there and be able to have success. I thought maybe even Salvin Ahmed would get some action. But, um, dude, 20 carries for 34 yards. I mean, that's terrible. Nice. But we do have to tip our hat because that – um. That wildcat play, you know, it did bring you back to the, you know, those days of the, the Tony Sperano. It, it gave you a little bit of a, no, not at all. I mean, I, I remember when they, they pulled that off against the Texans way back in the day. And I mean, that was probably the most successful run. I mean, I think you said the long here was six yards. I mean, I think that was a, a six yard touchdown. run. It, so yeah. it's, it's just, I mean, if they can't do it against the Houston Texans, I mean, they're not going to be able to run the football against anyone. And you mentioned, I think it's even more than this atrocious offensive line, which I mean, I can't wait to get into talking about that because I mean, they, they are so damn bad, Jake. It's embarrassing how bad the Dolphins <laughs> offensive line is. Man, there are just so many times I do feel like I see a, a lane open up on that offense and Miles Gaskin is just putting his head down, running into the back of an did offensive you, lineman. Did you see that video? It said like a, a Miles Gaskin elite blindness or something. And there's this huge <laughs> hole that, you know, like you could uh, you could just hear John Madden talking about, you know, driving a truck through. And, and I don't know what Miles Gaskin did, like took a step back and ended up getting tackled, running right into the back of his lineman. But that's that's a perfect example of that, Jake. And you see what Jordan Howard is doing. I mean, there are just so many situations where you have to think there are different things at play than straight out, you know, it's the offensive line or straight out it's the play calling or straight out it's the running back. It's everything, man. The synergy of horribleness is through the roof with this team, but it all does stem from that offensive line. So let is, <laughs> let's crack open this egg, man. All five offensive linemen allowed multiple pressures in this game. Leon. Eichenberg, Jesse Davis combined for 11 pressures. Austin Jackson, Austin Reader each conceded a sack. The offensive line allowed pressures on 37.5% of Brissett's dropbacks. Josh, the Houston Texans, man, I mean, the, they're not facing, you know, the, the 2021 Madden 99 overall ultimate team, man. It's the Houston Texans. They don't still have the Watt and Clowney coming off the edge. So I, I don't know, man. I do have written down their uh, PFF pass blocking grades. Robert Hunt, again, was the top of the chart, 73.5. Austin Reader, 72. And then from there, it just drops. Jesse Davis, 56.5. Austin Jackson, 51.6. And Liam Eichenberg, a 29.9. I think that's the biggest um, thing that stands out here, Jake. I mean, we thought, you know, maybe they had Eichenberg out of position and moving him to left tackle was going to be the way of, to, you know, put him in the best position to succeed. That hasn't been the case. I mean, he's starting to make you look across from him and say, okay, you know, Jesse Davis doesn't seem so bad. So, um, you know, every week it seems like one of those tackles are just getting beat bad. And um, another week, uh, another, what, 11 pressures. I mean, that's absurd. And to think, you know, Joyber sits back there. He's molasses. I mean, uh, we, people can bash to all he wants, all they want. But I mean, what he does when he's out there, you know, um, you know, just turns chicken shit or the chicken. Team yeah. Chicken salad and chicken shit. And just the way he maneuvers around, uh, you know, this offensive line, that's just atrocious. is pretty impressive, but um, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know where we go from here. We have lots of money next off season. I think they need to invest a lot of that in the offensive line because they clearly can't draft them. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! 
It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Liam Eichenberg, Jesse Davis, Austin Jackson are in a three-way tie for the most pressures allowed in the NFL with 37 a pop. The Dolphins, Josh, only had one drive of more than 50 yards, and then we had Jacoby Brissett. Miles Gaskin and Javon Holland all losing fumbles. And man, this goes back to how we thought the team was supposed to look last year. You know, the turnover ratio, uh, the the fumble luck, whatever you want to call it. The fact that this team was never penalized. I mean, they looked like the team that was in year three, year four of a rebuild. And this looks like how the team should look last year with these fumbles that have you saying, why on earth are you letting this happen? You know, that this team has all these young, bad, bad, bad mistakes. But I mean, again, they're young. They're young, and I think, you know, that's what should get fans so excited is what we saw, you know, this weekend from this young team. I mean, Jalen Phillips was literally running through people, man. I mean, you have written down here, he had a half sack, a quarterback hit. I mean, he was everywhere. I think he got pressure on 25% of his snaps, and he was just all over the field. I mean, we're starting to see guys like Zach Sealer make plays. I mean, Christian Wilkins, Jake, I don't know if you saw, but his fifth-year option is going to cost the Dolphins $11 million. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but I mean, what we're starting to see from him, I mean, he's starting to ascend. I mean, he's starting to become a player that you can understand why the Dolphins invested that draft pick in. And we can't go on without talking about Emmanuel Ogba. I mean, every week this guy's showing up. You have two and a half sacks down here. And, you know, we came into this just talking about Tyrod Taylor. He was going to be the kryptonite. And he's had all these great games. And, you know, we said this was going to be the chance for the Dolphins to turn all that around. And they did, man. They blitzed the hell out of Tyrod Taylor. And, yes, they had some fumbles. You know, you mentioned Miles Gaskin. Jacoby Brissett just turned the football over. You know, like, uh, you know, it was Thanksgiving. He was just giving away picks. But what we saw to that defense, again, that looked more like what we expected at the beginning of the year. And to see them go out there and just, you know, for lack of a better word, beat the hell out of Tyrod Taylor, that was reassuring, especially when you look at how it was done with all these young players stepping up. Josh, it is so relieving that a bad quarterback actually plays bad against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, we had a good old fashioned Tyrod Taylor trying to throw it out of bounds and Jerome Baker had enough time to run out of bounds, get back into bounds and intercept the football. I mean, it's awesome. (laughs) It's, it's so brutal that, you know, we saw this happen to the Miami Dolphins like four weeks ago. So as much as I want to celebrate it, uh, that does kind of sit in the back of your head. Tyrod Taylor completed 24 of 43 Pass attempts for 240 yards. No Texan rusher finished with more than 30 yards. Justin Coleman. I just mentioned it. Jerome Baker and Javon Holland all had interceptions. Josh, this looked like that turnover-prone defense that the Miami Dolphins had just a year ago. And I do have to say, man, one additional note. I mean, you can take the player out of Miami, but you can't take the Miami out of the player. Did you see Jakeem Grant fumble another football last night? Jakeem Grant doing Jakeem Grant things. I mean, I think the Windy City, they're just waiting for, you know, that first big gust to pick up and them to swoop swoop Jakeem Grant right out of that town. Josh, you added that they were pressuring Taylor all day. They blitzed the Texans on 54% of snaps, which led to a combined seven pressures from guys like Andrew Van Ginkle and Jerome Baker. 
Josh, this was the defense we thought we were going to see all year where they were going to blitz a lot. I mean, now we see this defense where they're kind of trying to play safe on third down and then they're getting picked apart because the way their cornerbacks are, I mean, they're instinct guys. They're guys who can make a play at the last second. Uh, when you're blitzing and you leave them one-on-one on coverage, that's supposed to be an advantage for them. But when you have guys sitting back, I mean, they're not the fastest quick twitch guys who, you know, you can create that little bit of a separation, especially in a zone. So man, I just don't know why it took this team so long. I forgot it might've been the Colts or, or the week after that. But I remember we were on this pod saying, man, this defense is starting to look, you know, what we want out of it. You know, the linebackers are moving off the line of scrimmage. There's a lot of communication pre-snap and all of a sudden, Josh, we play the one in seven Houston Texans and all of a sudden, Hey, you know, let's go back to being this aggressive unit that obviously is built for what we're trying to do on this side of the football. Yeah. Maybe it goes back to us just jumping to conclusions as fans. I mean, we've seen time and time again, the way this Brian Flores team starts out slow and starts to gain momentum. I think he's seven and three in November. If I heard that right, but Jake, I mean, the way they were blitz and I don't know if you remember, but Brandon Jones was coming off the edge. I mean, you saw that floppy. I mean, Tyrod Taylor tried to fit one in the back of the end zone and Javon Holland came out of nowhere. I mean, those two guys to me, I, I had written down, you know, they remind me of the Basham brothers from the mighty ducks. I mean, they were out there, you know, yeah, coming nice. at the quarterback, you know, they're making plays and coverage. And I just want to throw out this Wingfield tweet because he does have some nice stats in here. 15 of Javon Holland's 28 pass rush reps came over the last two weeks. His three quarterback pressures have led to an interception, a third down pass breakup and a third down incompletion. 30 of Brandon Jones' 57 pass rush reps came over the last two two weeks. His 10 quarterback pressures are the most by any safety in NFL. Javon Holland is ranked number two, Brandon Jones number one at pressure. So um, I don't know, Jake, are the Dolphins just being more aggressive over these next few weeks? Maybe, but um, I mean, I, I need we need to see more out of it, man. I mean, is that not what we were missing out on those first few weeks? I mean, this defense didn't have much of an identity. The offense didn't have an identity. Now it's starting to seem like the defense is coming together. We need that offense to pick it up. But um, I love what we're seeing now, these young players, Jake, especially those two safeties that, you know, again, at the beginning of the year when they let Bobby McCain go, I mean, I thought there was going to be some communication issues. There were clearly some of them early, but I mean, they're turning into ball hawks and, and that's what you want out of these young players. Josh, is there any sort of concern? I mean, you just said two different safety stats and they were about rushing the passer, right? And these are two guys who are doing the same thing. I yet Javon Holland had that, uh, you know, interception as a safety that was back deep. But I mean, Brandon Jones, Javon Holland, these guys look like they're two, uh, you know, players who can do a lot of the same things. And to me, that seems like the concern. To me, it kind of seems like we still need that Bobby McCain type. Obviously, Javon Holland's in his first year. Brandon Jones is in his second year so these players can develop those ball skills can certainly come but man early on it seems like uh you know to use that high second round pick to use a third round pick on uh you know two blitzing safeties with all the issues on this team man it's nice but i'm a little confused and concerned i guess I get that. And I mean, I think we talked about before Brandon Jones reminds you a lot of a Rashad Rashad Jones. And I mean, to the point, I mean, I guess Javon Holland still has some of those same tendencies, but the difference to me is just his fact in, you know, in coverage. I mean, we saw that range. I, I wish we had the all 22 on that interception, but where did he start? I mean, that dude looked like he came out of the crowd, you know, to make that interception. So I guess that would be the difference there, but it just goes back to the Dolphins draft and versatile pieces that they can plug in anywhere. Because like you said, we're seeing Brandon Jones blitzing off the edge. We're seeing Javon Holland do it. Um, you know, maybe it's a good thing, but you're right. At some point, you're going to want that guy that can just sit back there and, you know, do what Minka Fitzpatrick, or at least what we thought Minka Fitzpatrick could do. 
The Texans scored six points off five Miami Dolphins turnovers. That's probably the most impressive stat of the day. And that would be a good way to end this section, Josh, because let's go through it real quick. We'll be back on Wednesday with a full preview of the Baltimore Ravens-Miami Dolphins game on Thursday night this week. But Josh, before we get into what Brian Flores said today, Baltimore has beaten Miami in the past three meetings by scores of 59 to 10, 40 to 0, and 38 to 6. So, yikes. Yeah, I, I don't know how you feel, but every time they play the Ravens, I mean, ever since that playoff game, I rushed home from work to watch where they just got decimated back in the wild card year. I, I always expect an L from the Ravens. All right, to run through a few of these tweets here. Joe Shad, he went out and tweeted that Tua looks good throwing the football. This is, again, on Tuesday. Uh, still somewhat limited day-to-day per Brian Flores. If he can't start, Tua would be the backup per Brian Flores. Will Fuller's finger injury was significant, Brian Flores says. But the last few days, they have gotten some favorable news. And if the game was tonight, it would be Jacoby Brissett starting, according to Brian Flores. Josh, it kind of seems like we're not going to learn too, too much about the situation until Thursday. But is there anything you're picking up on from Flores saying this stuff? Do you feel like Tua is going to be the one to be out there on Thursday? Maybe it's just a pessimist in me, but that just sounds to me like they're just going to milk it. Hopefully, you know, the Ravens go out there and game plan for Tua. Maybe, you know, the ball coming out left-handed. I don't I don't know, but I, I think to me that sounds like it's going to be Jacoby Brissett, doesn't it? And maybe that's just, again, me being negative. I mean, in years past, Jake, though, if, if the Dolphins were sitting Tua, you know, to to so he can heal up and, you know, make a late-season run, you know, you'd be stoked. But to me, I, I don't know, man. This, this just seems like reindeer games. I think it's going to be Brissett. What about you? That's so depressing if it's going to be all this workup just for Jacoby Brissett to still go out there and average six yards per attempt. I mean, it just seems like such a huge waste of energy where this team needs to be doing other things than you said it perfectly. Josh is playing these reindeer games, but guys, I hope you were able to soak up that victory Monday, victory Friday this week. It might be a bit of an uphill battle, but we're going to try for it anyway. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Finside Radio, the Jake and Josh show. We'll be back on Wednesday with our Baltimore Ravens pregame show. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Pins up. Pins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number Cause we're the Miami Dolphins